You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. To the week ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. This is a pretty exciting week for us. Um, two big things. Today we're announcing the winner of the Strongest Town contest, and we've also got our Strong Town Summit at the end of the week. Um, I'm feeling pretty amped, pretty excited, a little bit nervous, but um, mostly excited. How are you feeling, Chuck? Actually, I just am giddy. <laughs> I, okay, I I good. was in I was in here last night uh, working to like two in the morning. And it's funny because we published uh, this set of uh, principles in terms of I, I kind of framed it as starting a, a transportation revolution. And these are things we're going to discuss at, at the summit, but we, we published them today. And I tell you what, I have been working on this for a long time, just tweaking the words and getting things just right. And I know it's not, uh, you know, beyond scrutiny and, and we're certainly going to have some of that. But I'm just I'm just really excited about the conversation we're going to have and the way that we're kind of framing uh, that. It's just I'm like I said, I'm giddy. I'm giddy to get a couple hundred of my uh, closest friends and, and intellectual colleagues together and uh, and talk about important things. And we'll be making plenty of new friends, too, which exactly. I'm also excited for. It turned out that the attendance has been a large percentage of people actually from Oklahoma. So that'll be an interesting aspect. Maybe we're saturating the Oklahoma market with uh, good new ideas. That'd be wonderful. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your event last week in Lincoln, Nebraska, the Bike Walk Summit. How did that go? And what did you talk about there? Yeah, it, it went great. Um, you know, we shared uh, some strategies on neighborhood development, and I always love being able to tell bike walk uh, groups when I speak to them around the country that, hey, um, I, I realize you guys, you know, enjoy this and you have a passion for this. And, uh, you know, some of you look at it as, as transportation, but a lot of you like the recreational part of, of biking and walking. Um, but let me tell you something you're making the highest returning investments that are possible to make in a city right now. You're, you're what is needed from a financial standpoint. And so, you know, going to the legislature and, and trying to get money to build bike trails. Okay. But if you go out and make it easier to cross a street, uh, you're going to create a biking walking culture and that's going to do more to transform the, the, the financial health of your community than anything else you can do. So it's always a, it's always an energizing thing because uh, it's affirming, you know, but I, I, I love being able to talk to these groups because they really are a key part of the answer. This week, our, thankfully, our only event is the summit. Um, Chuck, what else have you been doing to prepare and get excited for that besides uh, writing this policy document transportation revolution plan? You, you know what I forgot to tell you about last week? What? Uh, do you, do you know that Giorgio was there last week? Who's that? He's the, uh, the documentary film guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell did us you, about that. I don't know if you even knew about this or not. Cause I, think it, I vaguely knew, but it kind of was before you. Yeah. So, so a, a couple of years ago I got this, what to me was like a bizarre request 
uh, by a guy saying he was filming a documentary and he wanted to come and follow me for three days. What would be a good time to do that? And, you know, I've, I've had people record me for documentaries before. Um, I think I've done like four others, but it's, it's never like amounted to much. Um, it's always been like, you know, one person. And I, I think they're more like aspiring than they are for real. Right. But this guy wanted to come out and spend three days. And I'm like, I, I dude, I don't know if I have three days that I can take just for you. And we went back and forth and back and forth. And I, I kind of got the feeling that he was real about it. Sure enough. Um, they flew, he flew a film crew out here to Brainerd and yeah, there were four of them. And I mean, you know, lighting, makeup, the whole deal. Uh, we, it was one of the coldest stretches we've had here, uh, in, in a long time. And we're standing out on the street. Uh, you had to, you know, film for like three minutes and then go warm up the equipment for five and then come back out. But we actually, um, they followed me to a couple curbside chats. They came down to Rochester where I gave a, a series of lectures and, um, and I sat for a, a bunch of interviews. They chatted with my family. Um, and then they left and I haven't heard from them for a couple of years. And, uh, ab- about the end of last year, they contacted us again and said, Hey, uh, we're in the final stages of this. We're finishing it up. We'd like to come and ask you just a couple more questions And, uh, you know, so we did that in Lincoln. Uh, These guys showed up. They recorded both of the presentations I gave. And then I sat, yeah, I sat for like an hour for an interview with them. And uh, it was interesting because you can tell they're in the the final stages. They're getting it wrapped up. Uh, I talked to them a little bit about their plan. Their plan is actually to uh, get it at one of the major film festivals next year and have a release date next summer. Yeah. And. You know, we're talking about a production that is well into the six figures. So this one is not like a little side project. This is actually like a real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they told me a little bit about what it's shaping up to be like. They actually have uh, some police officers that were from Brooklyn that moved out to Levittown in the early days. And they're, they have spent a lot of time with them kind of looking at uh, what what we would call it strong towns, the Ponzi scheme, you know, the growth uh, and then decline phase. Cause a lot of these people left because their neighborhoods they thought were going downhill and they moved to the, the new place, Levittown. And now Levittown is the place that's struggling in Brooklyn. Their old neighborhoods are being gentrified and what have you. So you have this, this kind of strange thing where these very blue collar kind of working class people uh, have been on this kind of crazy trip. Uh, the other person that they're interviewing uh, is a team of um, a wife, husband team of realtors out in California and uh, kind of, you know, the lead up to the housing crisis and then the you know lessons not learned really and what's happened since. And then the third person is me and, and strong towns and what we're doing to try to uh, address housing issues and, uh, you know, our growth and development pattern. So I, it sounds like a fascinating, yeah. Um, the questions they asked me were really good. They gave me the impression Mm -hmm. that these guys really know what they're doing. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. It's, I think for, for people who have been with us for a long time, uh, I'm not suggesting that, you know, this is going to win a, 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 
Oscar or anything like that or a Grammy. I don't know what, what awards you win for. It's not, a, <laughs> it's Oscars, Oscar, right? Yeah. You, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, like for documentaries, I, I have no clue, but um, they're planning uh, uh, to have it at a film festival. And if they do, we're, uh, you know, I'm going to go. I think it'd be yeah. cool. Do you know what the title is yet? I do not know the title. No. Okay. No. Well, I'm excited to hear more about that. Hopefully in the coming months. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to overplay it, but it feels like legit and it sounds like a real deal. So I think it'd be pretty cool. It sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the summit. Um, I'm looking forward to this. We have a ton planned. It's been in the works for, it feels like a year now, basically. Um, and one of the things that we're doing to, uh, tie in our audience with the summit, even if you can't attend is that throughout this week, we're going to be publishing articles and videos and podcasts from the people who will be speaking at the summit. So that's a really good way to plug into this, even if you can't attend. And then we're planning to live stream some of the sessions and talks, um, on definitely on Friday and maybe a little bit on Saturday too. Um, we'll record the stuff that we don't live stream and we're going to do a podcast. So we've got a lot of different ways we're going to connect everyone with what's happening, even if you're not going to be there. But if you are going to be there, we're especially excited to see you. Yeah. Make sure you're following us on Facebook. Cause I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be using that as a way to, to stream some of the stuff out. And then we'll probably do some YouTube live as well and get that up on our site. So be at strongtowns.org. Uh, on Thursday or yeah, Friday, Thursday evening and Friday to, uh, to get everything. I do want to say that I, the thing that I'm actually, I'm excited about a ton of things. Um, but if I had to pick like one content thing that I'm excited about, I've wanted to, for a long time, get, uh, Joey Durrell, the mayor of Lafayette and Mike McGinn, the mayor of, of, uh, Seattle, both former mayors, former mayors yeah. um, Get them on stage together. One is a, is a Republican in a Republican state, and one is a Democrat in a Democrat state. And they both uh, kind of come from different places and I think have different motivations for why they do or have done what they do. Um, but they're both fascinating people, and they will agree more than they disagree and I've just been really thrilled to get them on stage and have them actually talk about uh, these important issues. I, I don't know any um, – th this is not a – how do I put this? This is not like a pandering kind of interview where two people are going to you know, drop their core views and, and try no to get along. No questions. No, no. Th the, these are two like legit uh, people who represent you know, mainstream thinking in their different parties – uh, who are going to come in and, and, and say a lot of really, I think, important things. Uh, I, I love the fact that as an organization, we do have this kind of intellectual diversity. Um, we're not a left group. We're not a right group. And I, I really am, am kind of proud of the fact that both of these two very intelligent, thoughtful, successful mayors uh, have, have uh, kind of latched on to our message as being one that they – identify with. So I'm, I'm excited to, to showcase that and to hear their thoughts. Yeah. And it's a testament to these two guys and to strong towns that 
when I called both of them up to invite them to participate and told them, you know, the contacts that they'd be speaking with another former mayor of a little bit different political persuasion, they were both very enthusiastic and also said, I'm sure that we will find a lot that we have in common, even though we disagree on many things too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think the part of the summit that has been both the biggest challenge to organize, but also the part I'm most excited about is our workshops that are going to be happening on Friday morning. We've got eight, nine different workshops that will be happening, um, many of them simultaneously, which is a little disappointing because I wish I could go to all of them. Um, but they'll be hosted by a bunch of amazing Strong Towns members. So that's, that's going to be cool. And I hope we'll be able to record some of those at least. Yeah. Did now, I just got done doing uh, a half hour on public radio in Tulsa. And I can't remember if you asked me this already or if we talked about this already or if I talked about it then. Um, we still have like a handful of tickets left, right? We do. Um, yeah. And I think unless Kia tells me that we should shut down the registrations because it's going to be too hard to print name tags at the last minute. Um, I think we, yeah. If you happen to be well, this whole thing, by Oklahoma in the next couple of days, yeah, sure, sign up. yeah, this whole thing sold out like six weeks ago or eight weeks ago. And, yes. uh, it was kind of a bummer. And then, you know, I'm not a bummer. It was exciting because we had only 200 places available because of capacity issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, and I don't know the details cause you guys are awesome and I don't worry about it, but I, I, I know we had to change Saturday venues for some reason and that yeah. freed up like 50 more, 40 more tickets, something like that. And yeah. so I, I know we had a waiting list and we've contacted all those people, but there's like mm-hmm. maybe 10 tickets left or something like that. Yeah. Around that number. So if you happen to be interested, you can still sign up and join us. I feel bad because I've been telling people. I just found out uh, this weekend that we had a couple more left. I've been telling people, sorry. <laughs> so, like, I don't remember everybody I told that to, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, if people really want to make it, um, get a hold of Rachel. And uh, well, we'll, if we'll they visited the website, they would have seen that there were tickets available. So. Really? Yeah. Okay. Shall we talk about the winner of the Strongest Town Contest? I think by the time that we publish this podcast, we will have announced it on our website. So I think it's safe to discuss um, the winner of this year's contest. It came down to a, a final showdown between Guelph, Ontario, and Traverse City, Michigan. And uh, let me just let me just say yeah. before you do the big reveal. Okay. Um, both of these places, uh, you could see throughout the contest, kind of built their momentum. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the actual vote counts uh, were really impressive right off the bat, uh, which not only is a reflection of you know the 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 people within our kind of strong towns conversation who are voting for them, but also their ability to uh, have their networks you know, get people onto the site and voting. And, and it's one of those kind of things where like when you, when people are really involved in a community and think positively about it, they, they show up for things like this. So it was really cool to see them both. And, you know, there were a couple of tight races along the way. I know Traverse city in the first round barely beat York. Um, And York was my pick to go all the way. And they, they didn't make it out of the sweet 16. Um, but then, uh, you know, uh, kind of both side, both t- both cities just built momentum the whole way through. And I, I was really heartened by the way 
the conversation grew in those places. Um, you know, the way that we were able to, uh, really start talking about strong towns and strong towns principles in those places as they advanced in, in the rounds. It was, it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. And to see the, the diversity of the towns and also the things that they had in common. I think that's an interesting part of the contest for me. Like many of them have really thriving downtowns. No surprises there that that helps make a place a strong town. Many of them have universities. Many of them have breweries. Um, these are just a few of the things that I noticed across the board for many of these towns. So, the so winner, where, where am I going? The winner of this year's contest, who will receive a visit and curbside chat from Chuck Marone, is Traverse City, Michigan. They won by 52% of the vote, so it was a it was a pretty tight contest, um, and it's yeah it's exciting. I called the uh, the winning applicants earlier this morning. They were honored and thrilled to be uh, to be named the winners, and I believe they also offered to send the mayor of Guelph a cherry pie because he mentioned he would like one on the podcast. Oh. So clearly, some friends and camaraderie developed throughout this. It's a it's a friendly contest, not a cutthroat competition. Well, I was looking forward to going to Guelph. Um, I know Joe, my friend yeah, Joe Minicosi. Yeah, haven't been to Guelph yet. No, I'm not. My friend Joe uh, Minicosi has spoken really highly of it. And I kind of wanted to see it. Um, I'm equally excited that I go to Traverse City. This is a great, it's a great place. I, I'm excited to go there and highlight it. Uh, we'll make sure and uh, take lots of photos and, and do some write-ups on them and, and make sure that... Uh, you know, we can highlight all the great things that, that does make Traverse City the strongest town in America for 2017. So congratulations. Yeah, congratulations to them. And uh, maybe think about visiting there if you are in the Michigan area. Have I told, you... I told, my oh, wife, I told my wife I was going and she said, oh, I really want to go. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be a really hot tourist destination. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know. like outdoors activities and... Great exactly. local businesses and things. Exactly. So visit in the summertime, probably. Oh, I don't know. I saw some of the photos from winter, and it looked amazing then too. So <laughs> they did submit a photo of some people walking in an ice cave. So that's the yeah. flip side of I mean, the beautiful summertime. Have you been doing any interesting reading or podcast listening lately? Have you had time for that? I mean, I know you were on vacation. I bet you did a lot of reading then. We haven't actually had you on the podcast. No, we haven't, have we? Um, I. I yeah, on vacation I was a a reading fiend. Um I you know, when I'm on vacation I tend to read fiction. So, I read like a couple Jack Reacher books, which are just fun. Um but I read this book uh and um it it is I actually bought uh a couple copies extra um in paperback and I'm bringing them to the <laughs> to the summit cuz I've got a couple people I want to read them. Yeah, I will eventually. I, I don't know okay. if I will make you read them. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a fiction book called The Mandibles, A Family 2029 to 2047. And this is, um, I don't want to say dystopian, uh, although a, li a, a little bit is. It is, um, it's, it's basically a book about it, the future, but the future not kind of the way maybe we optimistically envision it, but the way that... Uh, and I'll, I'll say it like this, even though it, it is kind of a, a fiscal conservatives kind of nightmare. Um, there's enough, uh, you know, liberal nightmare in there too, 
to make it not completely conservative. But it really touched on all the things that I like freak out about. Uh, you know, essentially the book starts with uh, the country's interest rates spiking because our debt is so high and we can't service it. And then we uh, default on the debt and uh, everything just kind of goes bad from there. And this family uh, living in this, uh, you see how they uh, struggle, how they, you know, don't all get along, how they don't agree. Um, they had this family fortune they were all going to inherit, and that doesn't work out uh, because it's destroyed in this uh, renunciation of debt. And I have to say, it, it's well written. Um, the author, uh, Lionel Shriver, she, uh, you know, is really great with the English language. And so it's a book that reads really well. But also has got these kind of, uh, you know, overtones to it that I, I just, I found uh, kind of fun. I found, um, you know, it made me think about things even a little bit differently than I had before. So the mandibles, I'm searching for people who have read the book and will like to talk about it because it's one of these ones where like, I really want to talk to somebody about it, but I don't know anybody else who's read it. I definitely heard it mentioned. I feel like somebody recommended it, but I can't remember. Maybe it was you for all I know. I don't know. I'm bringing a couple copies to the summit. I've got a couple people I'm going to give it to. Um, if you want one, I will, I will get you one as well. If you, if, I'm intrigued. if you're interested in reading it. Dystopian fiction does seem to be popular right now. So that's a, it's not, <laughs> not um, surprising to me. So it's, it's not like, you know, over the top, like the road or something like that where, you know, all, but it, it, it does like, like, okay, here's how things can go bad. And here's what that actually means. Right. Like, you know, homeless people living in the park and, um, you know, you, you're not being able to buy the things you need and, uh, you know, descend into law, uh, lawlessness and a certain degree of chaos. And it's not, um, let me just put it this way. It, it's, it's not a future that, they they paint a future that's not outside of like the the normal distribution curve of possibilities. It, it's probably not the one that you would you would hope we would get to or think we would get to. Um, but it's not so like. If, did you ever read The Road? No. Okay. I you see the movie maybe? No. No, I don't think I've even heard of it. Oh, okay. Uh, I I read the The Road and I kept waiting for it to like. <laughs> I I shouldn't say this because I don't want to ruin it. If you do decide to read it, it's it. Let me just put it this way: Does it have a happy ending? It is not the most uplifting of books. Okay. And um, you know, it's pretty much like the world is coming to an end, and here's the last few remaining people and how they struggle. Ugh. Um, the, the the mandibles is nothing like that. Not nothing like that at all. And in fact, at the end, I wound up smiling and just feeling happy about things. So, you know, you, you, you're not reading like some dystopian thing that's going to make you depressed. Um, that's good. Yeah. Plus, I, I just I love people who are good writers. And I feel like Shriver really was a from a fiction standpoint, like the Jack Reacher books are fun, um, but they're not like great prose. You know, this was this was fun. And I actually thought that the writing um kind of captured it really a lot of the, the way we're using English really helped tell the story. So it's great. Well, we should wrap up soon because we got a lot to do today, but I did want to mention, did you have a chance to read Grayson's article from last week about dogs and dog ownership <laughs> and car ownership? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I liked that. And it was good to have Grayson back writing for us. Um, it's been a long time since she wrote for us. This is an article that she's had on her mind for a long time and finally had the time to sit down and write. So, yeah, if you have a chance to visit our website and check out Grayson's article, it's still on our homepage because it was just published last week. She just talks about... Uh, she recently got a new dog that's been quite a handful for her family and just realizes the challenges of having a dog that feel like they necessitate also having a car, which she hasn't had up until this point in her life. And you're a dog owner, Chuck. Do you have any yeah. reflections on this article? Well, she sent me when she got the dog, she she sent me the photos on Facebook. And, He's very cute. Uh, oh my gosh. She is very cute. Yeah. yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a part of me, I'm at the other end of the, uh, the timeline with my dogs. So my dogs, oh, are, yeah. my one's 14 and a half. I did not think she would make it through last winter. Wow. I didn't think she would make it through this winter. Uh, she's just like the energizer bunny of old maids. She just kind of keeps going and going and going and she's got this sweet disposition and, and, uh, you know, happy smile. So you just, you know, cherish every day. Uh, the other one is about 12 and he's just become kind of senile and crazy. Um, isn't he like deaf and blind? Or he's something? deaf and blind. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's kind of, dog. yeah. And he's kind of uh neurotic too. He was that before, but it just like the deaf and blind made it worse. So, you know, we, we actually have, these are Samoyeds. They're like, you know, uh, l- low value sled dogs. <laughs> you wouldn't build a team of Samoyeds pulling your sled. Um, cause they're kind of, they kind of do their own, they're kind of stubborn and do their own thing, but you, you technically could, I mean, we've pulled the girls in the sleds when they were little, uh, but they're, they're at the point now where they're walking around the block is like a big undertaking. Oh, okay. And um, you have them out in the yard too, so they can get oh, yeah. no, them as well. Yeah. But in years past, you know, we would, yeah, we would drive them places. Um, so that we can run them, um, you know, cause they, they needed a lot of exercise and a lot of space. And, you know, sometimes it was just good to get out and let them, you know, let them go a little bit. So, and then, you know, you guys got to run them to the vet and all that stuff too. Right. Or yeah. if, if you have a dog walker or taking them to dog daycare or whatever. Yeah. I have a cat, so I don't have nearly as many of these problems, but I have, I did encounter the, how do I get the cat to the vet situation and have ended up just using uh lift actually. And I just call the lift driver and I'm like, are you huh. okay with the cat coming in here? And they've always been okay with it. It's in a carrier and all that, but I suppose a, a you know, two Samoyeds would not, cause they just big hairy dogs. And yeah, that, that might not go so well in a taxi. It's always, I, I think the hard part about dogs and cars is that, um, you know, when you, like we went on spring break vacation, you've got to bring the dogs somewhere. Um, yeah. What do you do with them? Do you have a dog sitter or something? No, we have in the past, but, uh, my, uh, this is kind of funny. My aunt runs a, you could call it a boarding house, but it's actually like a, it's a bed and breakfast for dogs is what they call it. It's, <laughs> it's really over the top kind of, you know, crazy. But it's my aunt, and uh, she's a sweetheart, and she's a you know a real dog person, and mm-hmm. uh, gives us a discount and everything. So it's kind of hard to say no. Um, yeah. And my dogs love it. 
So we wind up, you know, schlepping them down to this place, but you, you wind up, uh, for the, you know, hour, it's a two and a half hour ride to the airport for the first hour and a half. You've got these two dogs Oh, uh, and two kids and suitcases and two kids, and all your luggage. Family. And yeah. Yeah. Ooh, wow. And so it, it makes like, you know, everybody's happy when we can stop and get rid of the dogs. And then <laughs> on the way home, you know, when you're all tired and exhausted and just want to be home and then you got to pick them up and Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it does, I think she's right. I mean, I think once you have a dog, it does in a, I mean, you have to have access to a car some way to get them around. And I doubt. At least if they're not allowed on public transit. Some people commented on this article and said, oh, dogs are allowed on the bus in my city or whatever. But I think that's unusual. Yeah. And I'm looking at, you know, my Samoyeds, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want them on the yeah. bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would take up several bus to see it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're big dogs and they shed a lot. Um, and they, they probably, you know, Koshka back in the day would probably have liked it. I mean, they're, they're so friendly. They're just happy dogs. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that would have been, you know, the best for them. So if you have thoughts on dog ownership and car ownership and the intersection of those or ideas for how Grayson can get by without a car with her new dog, um, head over to our website and read that article and uh, leave a comment. All right, let's wrap up for today. We got a bunch of meetings and prep for the summit, which is very exciting, um, but busy. So uh, thanks, Chuck, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Thank you. Take care, everybody. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.